Welcome to episode 106 of Ready Press Play, recorded on January 20th, 2022. We're your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of video games. Today, we'll be talking about Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard and looking back at our 2021 predictions. Stay tuned. What's up, players? This is your host, Dan Lima, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Louis Mencheca. How are you doing, my man? You know, Dan, I, with today being our first audio-only episode, I am, I'm out here looking ratchet. My, home, my hair is not combed. <laughs> I am like have raggedy-ass clothes on. They're not ironed. You know, that was yeah. that was kind of the strategy, you know. I wanted to make sure that I didn't need to shower anymore, that I didn't need to. <laughs> you know, cuz like a lot of times I would shower right before, you know, recording the show and stuff. Um, and that didn't happen that often, but every once in a while if I felt like, you know, like I needed to look good and stuff, I would go and do that and, you know, put on some nice clothes and etc. So, make sure that I looked good for the camera, get my nope. webcam set up, make sure there's nothing. No ring light. Yeah, Hot yeah. Ass ring light. <laughs> get some ring light pointing to my face and etc but we're not doing that anymore because we're no longer on video so yes this is our first episode back to audio after what 45 something like that 45 episodes yeah you're right almost a year damn yeah yeah we spent a lot of time doing video shows on the level one gaming youtube channel but as we informed on our latest episode uh, we decided no longer to do that uh, and to go back to audio only uh, for our own reasons, mostly to kind of save time on the you know post-production and preparation process, just make it a little bit easier for us. Uh, and yeah, we're back to uh, we're back to audio now, Louis. So do you do you feel a little rusty? No, no, it just feels like we're we're just doing the show like normal, but with I can't <laughs> see you and I can't see your yeah. reactions and you can't see me do my eyebrow thing anymore. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm no longer gonna be distracted by your reactions when I'm reading a story or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, unless you're actually you know talking as you're reacting to it or something like that. That's interesting. Yeah. So also, I just thought about it. All right. So mm-hmm. I I got to host the our, our farewell video episode and I got to host episode 100. Whereas you're originally going to host the farewell video episode and everything like that. So it feels like I'm out here ball hogging, like, you know, I'm out here being like Michael Jordan and you're out here being like Scottie Pippen, you know? Well, you know, I, <laughs> I, I disagree because the way I look at it is that you, you kind of, you host the episode that, 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 that some of the episodes that might've ended an era, right? But yeah. I'm here hosting you know, the new era episodes, right? Like I, <laughs> I hosted episode one. I'm now that hosting, is true. you know, the first episode back to audio. I don't remember, but I might also have hosted the first episode on video, right? So I think that we kind of balance yeah, each right. other, balance each other out that way. Um, you probably did. So uh, this... But one last thing here, just before yeah. we, uh, we move on here. And I wanted, we, we, we talked off air, but we, I never gained your, got your reaction to our the video farewell. Like, what did oh, you think yes. of the post credit scenes? Yes, that was really cool too. Those that don't know what we're talking about, our, our final video episode, which released last week on the Level One Gaming Channel, uh, had us, you know, during the episode, we're showing our cool things that we have, you know, our, our little figurines and and rare video games and stuff that we have in our houses. Uh, but Lewis put this like surprise ending at the end, where he put together a little shot from each video episode that we did. Uh, and they put them all together uh, throughout the outro, uh, and then he did. Um, he he took a like a almost like a scene from one of the episodes and, and edited it. It's that that's actually a scene from like 
an episode all the way back i think from like before it was like the um, when we did it was the when you press play live yeah yes or 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 first and only video episode before we actually did the level one gaming run and uh it was us kind of like talking about each other and talking about like how good our partnership was basically and yeah it, yeah. it did get me you know a little in the feels there i feel like you finally succeeded at what you've been trying to do with me for a while now, <laughs> which is like just kind of hit me in the feels yeah um it was so interesting to see how much my look changed throughout, like, episode per episode. Like, you know, when, when you're going through all the video, <laughs> all the videos, because I don't really notice that as much. Because, you know, either I'm going a while where I'm not shaving and my beard is growing and then I go and <laughs> shave and then my beard grows again or I'm letting my hair grow or whatever, right? So I don't notice it as much. And the thing that I was proud of as well, I didn't pay, like, complete attention to this, but I was kind of looking at it. I feel like I did not repeat uh like a shirt two episodes in a row i did, did repeat them like in total but i don't think i did two episodes in a row did i you did three episodes in a row with the same playstation shirt and oh yeah did i really kyle, one of them was with the kyle episode and yeah. you were wearing that playstation shirt like before and after it interesting i somehow missed that okay well i gave myself more credit than i deserved apparently <laughs> Uh, but that was cool, and no, it was cool to the final, final scene as well. It was. Also I, cool. I was actually kind of impressed with how long I went. I had a long streak before I finally repeated a shirt, and then mm -hmm. when I finally started repeating a shirt, then I just then I just let go and just started repeating yeah. shirts constantly. But I, I I did think I subconsciously tried to not repeat a shirt uh, during the podcast video run. I actually I actually just did this thing where I went through my closet and I took like half of my clothes away and I put them in another closet in order to kind of streamline my wardrobe because I get, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit of a minimalist with certain things, Louis. I get annoyed if I have too many options of what to wear. I'm the kind oh of person God. that likes to have like, you know, like 12 shirts and then I just like cycle through them. So I, I just basically did that by not getting rid, but just kind of putting away a lot of the clothes that are not my favorites. <laughs> um, but we're going on tangents here. I, yes. I, I did just want to point out, this is the first episode officially of, like, year three of Freddy Press Play. Uh, you know, that, that was already the case last week, but we're kind of considering this one as the beginning of the new era, in quotes, since yeah. we're back to audio and stuff. Um, and in order to celebrate that, we got ourselves some nice new art. Uh, so we're updating our social medias with our new art. We got a new, you know, we got it on our podcast cover and now the podcast feeds. Uh, hopefully that should hit all the feeds. We updated it in Anchor and it should trickle down to all the different uh, apps that you may or may not use. Uh, Louis, what do you think of the new of the new art? It's sexy. Like, yeah. I gotta say, it's, it's kind of like reminds me of when like Instagram changes their logo and stuff like that. And it's just like more sleek and stuff like that. Like that's yeah. what I kind of sort of, I feel like, we are turning in our, our look is turning into like that more like modern uh like flat design like of mm -hmm. apps and stuff like that like i can almost see that as like almost like as an app icon like in a certain sense cool 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 i'm i'm glad you liked it um i didn't i didn't do this one i i found somebody somebody to uh to do it for us and i wanted i wanted a more professional look this time than you know i i feel like i'm a decent graphic designer but it but it's not my job it's not you know my main main thing it's more of like a like a side thing so i found somebody who's like that was their main thing and i got them to do a logo for us so i'm pretty proud of how it turned out um we're also going to be playing around a little bit with uh, you know some of the sound effects in the show uh, we're going to be getting a new intro that's in the works i don't know if maybe we shouldn't tease that because maybe it's going to fall apart last minute or something but <laughs> uh yeah. we might have a new intro starting soon um and you know trying out perhaps some new segments get maybe getting rid of some old segments not any major changes but just kind of smoothing into you know slowly kind of changing our format um 
And I'm going to go out there, Louis, and I'm going to commit to something, but I'm going to do it very vaguely. Okay. All right. I'm going to say that within the first semester of this year, within the first six months of this year, right, mm-hmm. that uh, we are going to start a Ready, Press, Play spinoff. I you know, don't... Go ahead. You know, honestly, like last year during Ready, Press, Play 2.0, I did the spinoff, right? Yeah. I went off on my own and did my own spinoff. I think for Ready, Press, Play 3.0, you should do your own spinoff and yes. just do, uh, yep. do it. Yeah. I understand. Lewis is starting now on, on the new... Uh, the new version of the level one gaming podcast, Cogs in, in a Machine. Um, so, which we can talk about that too, by the way. I know we keep yeah. not really getting into the show, but that's fine. I mean, nothing big happened in the games industry this week, right? So, like, <laughs> <laughs> we can just kind of <laughs> we can just sort of like part, delay that one, yeah. delay that talk. But I'll, 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 I'm, I'm committing to starting some spinoff Ready Press Play project within these first six months. I got to get some stuff sorted out, but. I'll let you guys know once we actually release that, and you can hold me accountable, you included, Lewis. Okay, awesome. Um, right, do you want to talk about COGS? Do you want to plug that? Yeah, yeah. So COGS in a Machine, it's every Tuesday on the Level 1 Gaming YouTube channel. We actually had a lot of viewers turn out. Like, it's a live show. Um, I was kind of, like, semi-nervous because, you know, it's like, you know, Hugger and I, we've done, like, stuff together. Like, we've done, like, one episode of Ready, Press, Play, which is actually our last audio episode before we went to video. And, like, I was a little, like, iffy, like, on, like, our on-screen chemistry because we haven't had enough, like, yeah. you know, time to, like, you know, establish a rapport with each other, even though we kind of sort of have. Like, uh, I was just kind of a little nervous about how things were going to be and if things were going to be stiff. And, no, we just sort of, like, eased into it, and the audience sort of helped it. Like, I think, like, the the live chat and being able to, like, just, you know, play off of that actually helped, uh, you know, ease it. I watched it and engaged with it, called you out and stuff. So it was was a good time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh, now we're going to finally start, like, doing deep dive topics now. So this first one was just sort of, like, a softball, like, get to know you kind of thing. And then now we're just going to start, like, next Tuesday, start actually doing some deep dive topics and stuff. All right. Which I believe we already picked it, and I can't, for the life of me, remember what I picked. So that's actually kind of, this would have been a good time to plug what we're going to talk about, but I can't remember, so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, no worries. You can, you can plug in next time. Well, uh, remember that we meet every Friday morning to discuss the top news of the week, notable releases on all platforms while we're playing, big topics of the industry, and the games we love here at Ready Press Play. Now let's get started with our topics of discussion. Hey, listen! Did you really have to do that? Like, I mean, like, I mean, honestly. I did. I did. I just, I guess I just did. All right, Louis. So... I joked earlier when I said nothing big happened in the games industry this week because really we might have had the biggest gaming story since we started doing the show happen this week, in my opinion. I, uh, you know, I woke up in the morning and I checked my phone. You know, I don't typically, like, I don't always, like, you know, wake up and immediately go scroll through Twitter. But for some reason that this day I did, maybe I had a notification or something. And I immediately found out, like, at, like, 7 in the morning or whatever, that um, on, I think it was Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday this week, that Microsoft is acquiring Activision Blizzard. So Activision Blizzard, the huge publisher, you know, Activision plus Blizzard put together, plus King, though we don't talk about that a lot, um, behind, you know, Call of Duty and Warcraft and World of Warcraft and all these major franchises is getting acquired by Microsoft in a deal that's costing nearly $70 billion, which that's about 10 times what they spent on Bethesda. And it's so funny that last week we talked about 
we didn't go into too much detail about it because we didn't have too much to say, but take to acquiring Zynga, right? They acquired Zynga for what then became the biggest deal in gaming. And it's almost as if Microsoft was like, hold my, <laughs> hold, <laughs> hold my beer hold my there. Beer. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, and they just went out and they basically did a deal that is like the, you can, you can probably add up like the top 10 on that list and it's not going to add up to this amount of money. <laughs> um, so, you know, there is a lot to say here. We got an article that we can skim through in a bit. I just want, you know, your first reaction. Like, I have a feeling I know which angle you're going to come at this from. But just let me know, like, what do you, how, how did you react to this story? I was honestly in, in like, shell shock. That yeah. was my reaction. It was just like, it was a little bit of disbelief because Activision is such a big publisher. Like, it's like, it's almost like as if the idea of like, a, you know, a Nintendo or Sony buying like Ubisoft or whatever. Like it's, un yeah. it's unfathomable, unfathomable to me, like the idea of it happening because. You know, what's interesting. I, I was looking at the market caps after this and they're actually significantly bigger than even Ubisoft, you know? So like the, Ubisoft would be cheap compared to Activision Blizzard when it comes to, uh, if you compare market cap, but not to get into that right now, but go ahead. Yeah. But like just the idea of like this company, companies that are big, that are big, you know, Activision is like almost like their own E3 presentation, right? Like that's why I just think to myself, like these companies that are, that are pretty big or, you know, like an EA, a, a Activision, Ubisoft, even kind of sort of throwing in square in that conversation, like they're just really big. And like, the fact that, you know, Microsoft is able to just, you know, swing their big hard dicks around like that and just a sort of just, you know, basically buy legacy. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty insane. I was I was I was shocked by it as well. I was like, do, do I believe this? Can, can this be true? And, and the interesting thing, too, is that I feel like before, you know, we would have, uh, you know, if anybody, wa wa you know, started stipulating like, oh, you know. Microsoft bought Zenimax. Who knows who they're gonna buy next? And and it, there are certain names that if they if if they were mentioned, that we would have gone like, oh no way, you know, like they wouldn't, they couldn't do that. They you know yeah. not they not that big. Take two. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, but I feel like after this deal, I think if anything, this shows that in quotes nobody's safe. <laughs> like that any <laughs> company is could possibly be bought by Microsoft. Doesn't mean they will. It's like they're obviously there needs to be, you know, agreements and they need to be authorized to do it as well. This stuff is regulated. There's there's a lot of, you know, criteria that needs to be met, but in theory they probably could buy any other game company, right? Yeah. I mean basically as long as they, they're not classified as a monopoly, then yeah, they can do yeah. it. Uh yep, yep, yep. Now, also, uh, like, they almost bought, like, back in the 2000s, they, like, Xbox wanted to buy Nintendo back in the day. like, And they were laughed out of the room. <laughs> yeah. So, like, Microsoft's got money. You know, they can write any check. Like, no, 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 no number is too big for them, which is clearly the case. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I see people kind of divided in two camps over, over this, by the way, because, um, obviously, there's the fanboy side right like the fanboy side is like if you're playstation fanboy or you're pissed off about this and you're talking shit about it picking it apart if you're an xbox fanboy then you're just kind of celebrating it oh hooray like best thing ever right but we're gonna take those you know we're gonna put those stakes outside you know throw them out the window we're not talking about that uh we're talking from the more like kind of neutral perspective like analyzing the industry analyzing what's going on and 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 from those stakes i also see like you know, two camps. It's either the people that are uh, siding with 
Microsoft's decision to do this, mostly from the perspective of all of the the issues that have been happening with the uh, with with Activision recently. Um, I mean, not only have they had uh, an output that hasn't been super impressive as far as their releases, you know, the, the quality has has gone down for some of their games. They're not, you know, a Call of Duty this last year apparently did not sell as well, did not do as well as, as some previous Call of Duties, and a lot of the Blizzard games have been getting delayed and etc. And then that is amidst like this entire uh you know cultural scandal that's been happening there with allegations of sexual harassment and misconduct all over um you know their their different studios and 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 people high up in the company there was there was a story that was originally you know going to be covered in the show um that before you know the, the the much bigger story happened that that said that uh activision blizzard had gotten rid of nearly 40 employees uh, over workplace misconduct incidents since last summer that was being reported by the Wall Street Journal. Um, so there's a lot of people looking at this being like, hey, Microsoft is going to set this right. You know, they're, they're, they're buying this company and they're, you know, Bobby Kodak is, pro is probably going to step out and they're going to, you know, clean house and they're going to be under Microsoft management and under Phil Spencer. And it's going to be much better for everybody, much better for the employees, better for the consumer, because, you know, they're going to better manage their pro their portfolio of products and franchises and all these things. Um, so that's one one camp. And then and then the other you know side of the, the coin is like, dang, but. But Microsoft is getting so much power, you know, we're consolidating so many companies in this industry. We're going to get to a position where kind of similar to other industries, you know, like people criticize Disney for the same reason. They're buying so much. They have so much power that, you know, there's just not going to be like, I look at it as like competition breeds quality, right? And and you're getting to a situation where you almost have less competitors, right? Or you got, you got a few companies that are monopolizing the industry and there's a lot of problems that that can, can lead to as well. Yeah, yeah, this almost is on that level of whenever Disney bought like 20th Century Fox. Right? Yes, I almost yes, want to say like the the number might have even been the same, like 70 billion or something. But I'd have to like Google that. But uh, yeah, that just kind of that is one of my my uh, my thoughts was just like, damn, like this is uh, like consolidation as a general as a general rule tends to be, you know, in the I say maybe in the long run bad. But like in the short run, people are going to be like, yay and stuff like that. Right. Because now suddenly people can with agendas can like sort of push what they want, so to speak. Yeah. So, he here's my yeah. concern about it. Right. Is that if you if you look at like, oh, Microsoft is getting out of this power and now running all these studios, they have over 30 studios on their on their team right now. Um and, and there's people that look at that, but say like, you know, but they're doing a great job and, and Phil Spencer is a, is a great man. And, you know, he, he knows how to manage these people. He knows how to treat the employees well and all that stuff. Right. But we can't just support the growth of power based on this idea that like, hey, this person or, or you know, the people that are in power right now are doing what we like because people change and I say that with, with two meanings, you know, like the people themselves change and also they get replaced, right? So, you know, what if we all support a Microsoft that acquires the entire games industry because we really like Phil Spencer, but then eventually, you know, he leaves and somebody else replaces him and wants to take gaming into a completely different direction where, you know, they're they're pushing a lot of the, the practices that consumers might not like or consider predatory or whatever, uh, that maybe is not the best at dealing with the, you know, the, the, these uh, sexual harassment problems in the industry and, and all sorts of other problems in the industry. And then suddenly, you know, that power becomes evil, right? Because like that power has become so strong, then now the 
if if it's not going the way that we would want it to to go, then it's suddenly affecting that that many more people, that many more products. That's a that's a phrase for that. Like absolute power corrupts absolutely. Right, right, right. So, but yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, Xbox has always been like at least since the Xbox One era. You know, they've been consumer friendly because they had to because they were made humble. But now. Whenever they, you know, are become Emperor Palpatine with so much power, you know, <laughs> what's gonna happen yeah. now? What's gonna is that are they? You know, we've already seen it happen with Sony. How how arrogant they've become. Yeah. So it's like, and not to mention even more to that, like the leadership at Sony has changed, and they're kind of like they don't really seem to have favorable like opinions either, like the, the new the new leadership. So it's like you know the there is there is cause for concern. You know, I would say in the long run. Um, there would be more bad to this than good, I would say, is from from especially from a, you know, well, what are you going to do about it? Perspective, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely understand. Um, now I got to ask you this: Do you think that Microsoft is going to be making Activision Blizzard games exclusive to Xbox platforms and PC moving forward? Oh hell yeah! But you don't you don't <laughs> drop seventy billion dollars just to not to just put Call of Duty on PlayStation. All right, I know it's gonna they're gonna take a hit. All right, like Call, like Call of Duty will no longer be like the number one selling game year over year. Like you know, it's gonna lose that mm-hmm. streak. Um, however, but in doing so, you're gonna be able to sell more Xboxes because it'll be a system seller. You right. Know, you're not gonna be the number one game of 2024, but you're sure shit yeah. gonna be hella relevant. So yeah. yeah. You just mentioned something that's important too. Like this deal is not actually gonna take effect for at least another year right because these yeah, things summer, are slow moving summer 2023 i believe yeah they they gotta count all the bills right it's like it's gonna take a while <laughs> <laughs> um but you know what you just said though about call of duty being exclusive there's some you know controversial possible different opinions here so for instance sony themselves has said uh they have responded for the first time to microsoft's proposed ex- acquisition of a Activision Blizzard, and they said that it expects games to remain multi-platform due to contractual agreements, to which Phil Spencer has responded in a tweet saying, had good calls this week with leaders at Sony, I confirmed our intent to honor all existing agreements upon acquisition of Activision Blizzard and our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Sony is an important part of our industry and we value our relationship. Now, I do want to point out a few things here that there's a difference between, you know, what they're saying right now with even somewhat vague statements sometimes and what ends up happening in the long run. Uh, We also saw a similar situation with Bethesda where after acquiring Xanimax, they were like, they didn't really tell us, you know, what was going to be exclusive, what was not for a really long time. And we recently, you know, over the last year just found out that Starfield, for example, which is Bethesda Game Studios' big new franchise, is in fact going to be an Xbox and PC exclusive. So I think we're going to see an interesting situation here where at least maybe for definitely for, you know, the next year before the deal goes through, we're probably still going to see Activision Blizzard games coming out everywhere. Right. And then I want to say next year, actually, I mean, for the rest of this year, um, the next year, I think we're going to see a situation where some games might remain multi-platform. Some games might start becoming exclusive and who knows where that goes in the long run. We're only starting to see how that works for Bethesda right now. And also, to be fair, like, also, Microsoft can't publicly make Activision do anything, like, until the deal has been, like, finalized. They're not, like, 
uh, whenever a company is going to buy another company, they're not allowed to like litigate or tell them, you know, how to run their company or whatever, because that would actually be uh, interference with the deal. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it could, you could substantially like change the terms of the deal because, you know, a company is being acquired under certain pretenses and they need to stay within those pretenses. So, yeah. All right. Um, I don't actually know if there's anything in this uh, games industry biz article that I pulled up here from Brandon Sinclair that we necessarily uh, need to read other than what we already talked about. Um, I am going to read some of these quotes, perhaps. Uh, this acquisition will accelerate the growth in Microsoft's gaming business across mobile, PC, console, and cloud, and will provide building blocks for the metaverse, the company said. Microsoft added that the addition of Activision Blizzard would make it the world's third largest game company by revenue, behind only Tencent and Sony. So this is an interesting detail as well, that even with all of this, they're still behind Sony in revenue right now. That's Open crazy. Quote- Gaming is the most dynamic and exciting category in entertainment across all platforms today and will play a key role in the development of metaverse platforms, said Microsoft Chairman and CEO Sadia Nadella. We're investing deeply in world-class content, community, and the cloud to usher in a new era of gaming that puts players and creators first and makes gaming safe, inclusive, and accessible to all. Um, so there's this metaverse angle to this, and I, I wonder if this really matters right now if there's really part of what this deal is about or if that's how phil spencer and the gaming division basically sold this deal to the higher ups at microsoft that are probably looking at what you know facebook is doing with meta and etc and it just kind of helped justify it what do you think i don't even know to tell you the truth like (laughs) i don't even know if we're ever gonna get that uh ready player one metaverse thing going on like that's just a pipe dream in my opinion Mm -hmm. um but like I don't even know. Like I, I have no concept of what the metaverse is supposed to be. Like I've seen that presentation by Mark Zuckerberg about about it and stuff like that. But like I'm not really like sure if we're gonna be like you know going plugging into the matrix. Yeah, that's, <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I, I mean, I think honestly, the end goal is something close to that. You know, like something <laughs> like it's like connecting you know your social medias and your gaming and your virtual reality and your ar and bringing that all together into this you know like some ready player one kind of situation where anybody can put in a headset or use different devices and connect into this shared uh world experience that involves a little bit of everything i think that's kind of how they look at it yeah if that were to for that to succeed it would require like the cooperation of multiple companies working together under one banner which I don't think Which, that's uh, that's almost sounds very pipe dreamy to me. Well, but it is it is already kind of what's happening though, but it's not companies collaborating. It's instead one big company buying out the other ones, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I was going to say I was going to say but Microsoft has got a lot of now a lot of IP under their umbrella so they can create their own metaverse, you know. Right. And start maybe licensing or like, you know, making companies license or something like that. I don't My, know. Microsoft could probably create a freaking Smash Brothers of their own now and have <laughs> like, you know, have as many like interesting characters possibly when you think about all these different companies that they are. Obviously, they're not as a uh, mascot driven as, you know, Nintendo, um, like Nintendo franchises and stuff. But still, it, it, that could that could be interesting at this point. Now, I um, just want to see uh, now I just want to you make me want to see uh, Smash Brothers in a metaverse, like a <laughs> Smash Brothers sequel. That's yes. But anyways, um, I will say this. There's something that is like a little puzzling to me about this situation because, you know, basically if you round it up, it's 70 billion, which by the way, I Googled it. Uh, The Disney Fox deal was 71 billion. So, okay. Uh, But basically, you know, 69, yeah, $69 billion. (laughs) 
Um, typically speaking, when a company is buying another company, uh, you they sort of like do like this very loose equation where the valuation of a company is usually the revenue that you're expecting a company can expect to get within a 10-year marker. So mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of like the normal like flow of things. So basically, by 2033, yeah, Microsoft should expect to have got back the money by in $70 billion from Activision. I, you does know, that sound reasonable? I've looked, into the, I've looked into the numbers, and that actually does sound reasonable. Uh, Activision's last full fiscal year, they, 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 their revenue was around $8 billion. Um, so in terms of revenue, do that times 10, you know, if they maintain the same revenue as last, like last fiscal year and they, it didn't go down or whatever, then they would get about $80 billion. So they, Microsoft might have actually gotten a good deal if that's the way to look at it. I had some friends that had a different equation that they did that made it seem like they actually got a bad deal. So I don't know, I guess, um, I guess it depends on what your standard is. If it's like 10 years or a different amount of years, um, to get it back. And there's also a difference between revenue versus profit, Profit, of course. Um, so I'm not big into that side of things. Um, so I don't know how to interpret it that way. I think Microsoft's ultimate plan with this stuff is that they want to take their Xbox Game Pass subscription count, which is now at 25 million subscribers, which that was also a part of the story that was announced as they announced the, the purchase of Activision Blizzard. Uh, and they want to turn that into 100 million subscribers within that time frame, right? Like they want to bring that closer to Netflix numbers, I think is the ultimate goal there. And I think that this is one of those investments that they believe will help them, uh, you know, continue on the way to get there. Yes. I would agree with that. Like, you know, honestly, to tell you the truth, like, I would love to play like those old Call of Duty campaigns and stuff like that. I've only played one Call of Duty campaign, and that was the probably one of the worst ones, which is Call of Duty Ghosts. But now that it's on Game Pass, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be uh, paying anything extra out of pocket just to experience Mm -hmm. those games. So that would actually be pretty kind of cool. For sure, for sure. Um, And I will say the good thing, I I guess the good thing in the moment about Microsoft acquiring all these companies is that with their current plan of putting all these things on Game Pass, it does make the games fairly accessible. You know, like even if in the long run, you may not be able to play some of these franchises on your PlayStation console. And I'm sure the PlayStation fans are not happy about that. And I understand. Um, At least you can still play them on PC. At least you can play them on Xbox. At least you can play them via xCloud. You might be able to play them on your smart TV soon. And you can play them, you know, by spending, you know, $9.99 a month or whatever um, via the subscription service that is Xbox Game Pass. So I think that... Honestly, the... they're going to build the customers. They're going yeah. to they're raise the price of Game Pass. There's no way in hell. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, I say $9.99 a month, but, you know, Game Pass Ultimate, which is the one that really includes everything, it's already $14.99, right? So I agree. I don't think it's going to take too long for them to be on Netflix prices. On $19.99 level. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think we're going to see that within the next few years. Um, Before we move on, I just want to hit some other side notes to the story here. Um, So on the stock market, Sony shares have gone down. Uh, they fell 13% right after the announcement of the deal, while Microsoft shares, I think, went up and uh, Activision Blizzard shares went up significantly. Um, and then we also, um, you know what, that, that's actually, that's that's it, because I already hit on all the other points, you know, also the the with the sexual harassment and, and um, 
impropriety scandal with Activision Blizzard and what they were so, doing there. So, so let yeah. me ask you that: like, do you think that if there was no such thing as uh, uh, a Bobby Kotick, you know, cover-up scandal or whatever, any like all those scandals, like two things: number one, would they have still sold? And number two, if they did still sell, would they have bumped the price up to seventy-five or eighty billion? You know, it's an it's an interesting question. So, I wonder about that too. I. First, I want to say, and, and and the audience can call me cynical or whatever, but the I, I think the Phil Spencer argument of like that that they're somehow motivated by creating a better workplace culture at Activision Blizzard that that somehow motivated the purchase. I don't really buy that. Um, I think it's not that that is a lie. That is probably true that they do want to improve. You know, take the opportunity to improve the workplace culture at Activision Blizzard. Um, but we know that these kind of decisions in a capitalistic world that we live in are motivated by money more than anything. Yeah, more right? shrewd. So I, yeah, so I, I feel like when you try to justify, you know, a a uh, a financial investment that whose whose main purpose is to make your company, you know, even more rich in the long run, um, I I can't I can't quite take completely seriously, uh, you know, th- those kinds of uh, those kinds of statements. It just feels like you know, like. Like conveniently, you know, that this is good PR for us as well. This is how we spin it or whatever. That's mm. that's kind of how I look at that side. But I do think it's interesting to look at, like, would this have happened otherwise? Maybe not, because maybe Activision Blizzard would just not want to sell, right? Maybe they would want to retain control. The investors and the board of directors would want to retain control over their company. But perhaps they're more willing to sell because... They're in such they're in such a bad moment anyway, you know. Like their stocks have been going down significantly for a while. The games are not selling as well. They got this bad PR perspective all over. It's good for Activision Blizzard, even from a financial perspective, right now, and for the board of directors, for the investors, to have a fresh start, or to get a get cashed out, basically. Yes, yes, exactly. Either (laughs) either they're getting cashed out with a golden parachute and just getting away from this and going to live in the Bahamas or something. Or, you know, if they're still around and they're investing, they're going to get a fresh start. You know, the stock's going up and all that stuff. They're going to make more money. <laughs> so so is uh, Phil Spencer getting like a title change, by the way? Is he like the CEO of gaming now or something? Yes, 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 yes. That's, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Yes, he, he is getting a title change. I don't remember what his title was before, but uh, Microsoft also released this new like little hierarchy image that shows, you know, Phil Spencer at the top as CEO of gaming of, of Microsoft um and then everybody else will report to him you know like of all these other different studios and publishers and studio like Zen- Zenimax, and activision yeah. yeah that makes sense yeah 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 what's it called uh he uh he's like this is like i think this is his third title change that, that since, ever since i've been following phil spencer like on the news kind of st- sort of speak yeah so he's, possibly he's, he's risen up the ranks I wonder if uh, I wonder if Don Matrick watches from from afar and like sheds a tear. You know, like every... <laughs> He's like, oh, that could have been me. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, which, funny enough, Zynga, which was the second biggest deal, that was just like Don Matrick also, you know, passed, uh, you know, ha- hanged out in there for a little bit as the, yeah, as the CEO. Exactly. Of all right, Louis. I think that's enough for this, you know, little extra news that happened this week. Uh, <laughs> we're probably gonna revisit this topic more times throughout the year, like we ended up doing with the Bethesda acquisition, because it will come up, and you know, there will be new Game Pass editions, you know, all the time, and and etc. And, and updates and and whatnot. Uh, but we kind of have a cool little topic of the show today here, uh, right. which is that we're gonna be looking back 
at our 2021 predictions that we did early in 2021 and see how many of them we got right and how many we got wrong. And Lewis, I'm going to give you a spoiler. This was probably your worst set of predictions that you've done on the show so far. <laughs> and that's yeah, because... I actually, I read the predictions and I'm like, God damn. Oh, yeah. oh God, it's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> that's You're because right. you were very hopeful this time. And I was, you know, I was just not hopeful at all. I was pretty much just doing like safe predictions, you know, trying to like, you know, expect things to go wrong or whatever. You um, know, what's kind of interesting is like, I kind of, I kind of was thinking about myself like where I was in January of 2021 and I was just expecting for like coronavirus to end and things to <laughs> yeah. sort of go to business as usual and like people were going to start stunting in 2021 and no, no one did. So you're right. Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, so let's hit these up. What do you want to, and I, I, I just, I did listen to the episode this week and transcribed all of those pretty much almost exactly as we said them, um, you know, just kind of summarize them a little bit in some cases. So why don't you get uh, get us started here and read your first prediction? Zelda's 35th will be celebrated with a triple pack of Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, and Skyward Sword on Switch. Plus, Breath of the Wild 2 comes out at the end of the year, and an animated Netflix show is announced. Wah, wah. <laughs> you know, okay, so here's what I got. I got I got the Skyward Sword. You know, it came out in June. Uh, wait, 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 wait. No, no, I'm going to disagree with you right here. You said Skyward Sword would be part of a triple pack. On to me, that's a full wrong <laughs> prediction because the game came out by itself. But yeah. sure, sure. If you want to give yourself partial credit for that, then we got to break this down into animated Netflix Zelda show. That would be a third. Breath of the Wild two. That would be the other third. And then triple pack would be the other third. Right. So you already got two thirds wrong. Then that third gets split into three games, and then you got one of the games came out. So, you so can I get, get a... one ninth of a point. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know what's kind of fucked up is all they did was put out a Game on Watch for the 35th anniversary. Yes. Yes. yes like yes. Mario got a whole line of fucking Legos and like fucking shoes and collaborations and fucking that's Dude. all Zelda get. Just... Nintendo gone on Nintendo, man. I that's that's what we say. Like they're you know they they're inconsistent as hell. They'll do something one year, not do it the next year. You know they'll overly celebrate Luigi all of a sudden, but then don't give a fuck about Samus or whatever. It's <laughs> it depends. I feel it just depends on what they already have scheduled to come out that year anyway. You know you always say that. Yeah, you're right. It's like it's always about product. It's just, the anniversaries just t- sort of tend to like be accidents like happy accidents which is eh. yeah but yeah you're yep, right yep, okay yep. fair enough so my i gave you a, a point one over okay. there all right fine so my first it. prediction i said we'll see trailers and gameplay for god of war ragnarok but the game will be delayed to spring 2022 now half a point all right all right i'll i'll take the half a point here's the thing we did see tra- like a trailers. We did see gameplay for it. I don't know if we saw trailers plural. I don't know if that matters. We but saw a trailer. A uh, trailer, right? And, and the gameplay. game was delayed to 2022, but which we all saw that coming. But we did not get. I don't think we got a spring or anything like that yet, right? It's just like calendar year 2022. Yeah. And even if it was spring, it would be before April, and we don't even have a month. Like it, we. Yeah. Don't, if it was Q1, we would know. We would know, it. right? Yeah. We would know by now. Yep. Agreed. All right, so I'm taking the half point there. Go ahead, Lewis. What's your next one? All right, Switch Pro gets a released in holiday 2021, and Zelda Breath of the Wild is the killer app slash releases with it. Huh, yes. Zero. <laughs> a, a big zero. 
Not only do we yeah. not get a Switch Pro, we got a Switch OLED, and ah, uh, no, and it didn't even come out this holiday. Too. Yeah, it came out. When did it come out? In September or something? I forgot. Uh. I don't remember. Yeah. Yep, unfortunately, no Switch Pro. And I had a counter prediction to that because I was being very pessimistic. And what I said was a new SKU of the Switch will come out this year, but it won't be what people expect. It will not be the Switch Pro, but in quotes, something weird, which you called me out saying that it was very vague. And I tried to get a little more specific with it, but I couldn't. What I said was basically Nintendo gone to Nintendo. It's going to be more like a 2DS. You know, and then you said, well, we already got the Switch Lite. That was like our argument and stuff. Mm. And um, I think I deserve a full point there because I feel like I called out that Nintendo was going to Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, sure. Fine. I'll give you the whole point. You're going to win with this anyways. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, your next prediction is an interesting one. Go ahead. The PS5 will outsell the Xbox Series by a ratio of 2.5 to 1. So we don't have hard data because Xboxes are assholes. Uh, but there were some like what do you call it um, those industry like pres- uh, predictions or whatever like they they have like these uh, backdoor metrics that are like non-official right mm-hmm. and I think the those metrics were like two to one but so let's take a look at VG charts which I know a lot of people say you can't rely on but they do you know they they tend to be close-ish to to what the numbers are you know they're not i i don't find them to be that far off oftentimes when you know the company goes and announces it they're they're not that far off right right now i just opened it they have the ps5 at 18 million and the xbox series at 11.9 oh so yeah so that would be 18 to 12 like more of like a 1.5 ratio the ps5 is indeed outselling the xbox but it's closer to a 1.5 to 1 than a 2.5 to 1. Damn. Ah, zero. So what do you say? Zero? Yeah. Zero. All right. So my next prediction was that the Microsoft's family of studios would have two Game of the Year contenders, one likely being Halo Infinite and the other likely a game from Bethesda. Zero. Not only. Okay. They only had Forza as their Game of the Year contender. I completely disagree with you. Microsoft Family Studios had four Game of the Year contenders this year. Oh, yeah? What were they? Deathloop, Forza Horizon, Halo Infinite, and Psychonauts 2. Now, here's the thing. What, what? And here's where we can have an argument. Game what of the Year. Game... I mean, uh, Game Awards. What got nominated? So, on the Game Awards, Psychonauts 2 got nominated. It's double fine. And Deathloop got nominated, which is Bethesda. Hmm. So theoretically, Halo Infinite did not because of a release, but then you look at IGN's Game of the Year, and all four of these games that I just mentioned were nominated. So that's why, and Forza Horizon actually won. So I think I deserve a full point here because Microsoft dominated Game of the Year this year. That's the way I look at it. All right, fine. I'll give you that one. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, a, I'm like, I'm like tempted to give you like 0.75 points because he said one likely being Halo Infinite, but. All right, you know what? Fuck it. Okay, 0. 0.75 <laughs> points. All right, all right. I'm just. Being You're just petty gonna keep now. getting zero anyway, so I don't care. <laughs> I'm just gonna get. I'm just gonna continue to be petty. <laughs> all right, give us your number four, Lewis. Microsoft releases Halo Infinite and it underwhelms. Sony releases Horizon Forbidden West and it's celebrated. Damn. Just, just damn. <laughs> okay. First off, the second part still, still to be, still to be determined, likely true. But we don't know. Hey, 
it has to come out. <laughs> Halo Infinite definitely did not underwhelm. People were were like all up that multiplayer's ass. I don't know what the consensus is on the campaign, but like or like the fan consensus is on the campaign. But everybody is talking about the the multiplayer. But right, people bitch about the multiplayer's progression system and their season pass. But whatever. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's crazy. I think we were pretty certain. Like we thought God of War was going to get the label. I think we were pretty certain Horizon was actually going to hit. In, and not uh, to mention they showed more. Yeah. They showed way more of Horizon yeah. Forbidden West throughout the year. So. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that we haven't gotten that game yet. But it's right around the corner. Um, now I'm going to start getting some zeros as well. So you might start catching up. So we'll see. My next prediction is that at least one of the big cloud streaming services would be shut down. I mentioned Stadia, Amazon, or Facebook. And as far as I know, all of those are still going. Yes. So zero there for me. Uh, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it. You also had the same prediction, basically. But you specifically said that Google would kill Stadia. And Stadia... And- surprisingly still, still around <laughs> still around but it's the walking dead but whatever <laughs> <laughs> my next one was that xbox game pass would continue to grow come to smart tvs and new platforms this year no i think that's a zero we know it's around the corner but it hasn't fully happened yet and now i'll give it back to you for your sixth prediction <sighs> okay i was hopeful <laughs> <laughs> Netflix, Amazon Prime Video, and Disney Plus all get released on the Switch this year. Maybe HBO Max too. Okay. Nada. Not as not only was I completely utterly wrong, but I completely failed to even comp- uh, uh I failed to even consider that Twitch would come to the Switch this year, which yeah. it did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Twitch cross Switch. I mean, come on, that just writes itself. <laughs> it's it is I can't believe that we still don't have any of these video apps on the Switch. Um, and now with it being like a five-year anniversary around the corner next month or in two months or whatever, um, I'm honestly like sort of like even considering that it may never come. Yeah. I think maybe the strategy for these services has changed. Maybe before they had a stronger like let's be everywhere kind of strategy. Maybe now they're focusing more on trying to sell their own products, you know, like their uh, um, Fire TV or, you know, like the Google box or roku or whatever i don't know um all right so my next prediction was bethesda starfield finally comes out at the end of the year and your reaction to this was that you said you would laugh me out of the room if you could and you said that we wouldn't even hear about it now here's the thing (laughs) you were wrong because we did hear about it and we did get a release date for it but i was wrong i was basically i was just a year out a year out so I'm going to give myself a zero. It's okay. I I'm going to give myself half a point for that one because I did laugh you out of the room and I think it was it was well-deserved. But we're talking about my prediction, though. <laughs> <laughs> you get half I'm a point for my prediction? I'm going to get a point off of your prediction. <laughs> That's not how we do things around here, Louis. Right? Calm down. <laughs> Honestly, that would be some next level. That would be some next level shit where you can get points off of someone else's prediction. <laughs> maybe that's like maybe the next, next little meta right there yeah i know right <laughs> oh that's that that would be fun all right um go ahead lewis next level games newest newest project gets announced but not released the third entry in the mario striker series uh not only did we not get a new mario, mario strikers announcement we didn't even get an announcement of what next level games is even working on 
This this was such a fun prediction because I think we had just learned that Nintendo had bought them at this point when we made that prediction. Maybe that's kind of what the timeline looks like in my head. I think that's why we were thinking about it because we don't typically, <laughs> you know, think about next level games. And I was so excited about that because I I played Mario Strikers Charged on the Wii like a shit ton, uh, and it was so much fun. I would love to get that, even if it was like some remaster of that game on the Switch or something. That would be cool too. But I would prefer a new one at this point. Um, my next prediction was that we would see the first special editions of the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 in the fall, alongside new first-party releases. I am pretty positive that we... Half a point. Wait, I, I was just going to give myself a zero. What special edition did we get? The, uh, the Microsoft uh, Halo Infinite Xbox. Oh, yeah, that's right. I had forgotten about that. Sure thing. Thank you, Louis. Yeah. You're, you're, you're helping me out here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I gotta be honest. I'm I'm petty, but I'm honest. Yeah, how can I can't? How do you even forget about those Xbox that that's that semi dope ass Master Chief looking design? I gotta I gotta look it up again because I've somehow erased this from my memory. But why? Uh, I think we even covered it in the show. I just have a really bad memory. Why don't you go and uh, read your next one? All right. To celebrate Metroid's thirty fifth. A 2D Metroid game and the Metroid Prime trilogy gets released on the Switch. Okay, half a point on that one. Metroid uh, Dread. Okay, first off, Metroid Dread just came out, but they they had nothing to do with the anniversary. Let's just be real here. But we got it. True. So half yep. a point. That's good. You you are so certain about the Metroid Prime trilogy too. By the way, you were saying like. You know, Nintendo has this game done. They're just you know, waiting to release it. You know, honestly, I think it, I, I'm still be- believing those conspiracy theories that people are saying or reporting yeah. or rumoring that it's already done. I just yeah. after you know after it, the same prediction has been done long uh, has been done long enough. I kind of just start like not believing it anymore. Or just kind of because <laughs> because I remember in the Wii U days that it was not that uncommon for people to predict that there would be, that they would port, uh, you know, the prime trilogy to the Wii U. Um, and that never happened. And, and I've been, I feel like I've been hearing predictions about prime trilogies since then, but mm. anyway, I like, look how spot on this next prediction I did was Lewis. Ah. The Nintendo switch remains the best selling console in the U S for the majority of the months of the year, but not all. And I was so spot on because there was literally one month where the Switch was not the best-selling call. There was one month that we covered and where it was the like PS5... 11 out of 12. I thought it was 10 out of 12, to tell you the truth, but yeah. It, it might have been 10 out of 12. Either way, I would be right, but I, I remember it being 11 out of 12. So yes, good point for me there again. Lewis, what's your number nine? Oh, my only point that I get to get... I get to get a full <laughs> one point. Uh, Nintendo 64 games get added uh, to the Nintendo Switch online. Now, here's the thing. You could be petty, all right? <laughs> I know. Could, I was, I was debating could, on it. <laughs> you could be petty and give me half a point because you have to pay extra. Like, it didn't get added to the service. It became right. an expansion pack. Those bastards. Right, right, right. Well, you know, I still think it counts. You know, if... Because Game Pass... Like, think about it. Like, Game Pass, they have, like, the Ultimate... Game Pass Ultimate and, like, you know, Vanilla Game Pass or whatever. If they added... A, if we predicted that a game was coming to Game Pass, but they added it to only Ultimate members, I still think that would count because that's still Game Pass. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... So it's still technically I, NSO, so... Yeah. Yeah. I No, 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 no reason for me to be petty here. Um, uh, This one we're going to argue about, I'm pretty sure. But I predicted... E3 2021 happens digitally, and it's better than last year. Half a point. 
Now, here's the thing. I think it was significantly better than the previous year. Wait, we, but I know you disagree because I remember when we did the E3 episode that you were bitching. way harsher yeah. about this year's E3 than I was. I remember now, bitching about it too. And you bitched I, about it too. I will accept the half a point, but let, 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 me, let me just elaborate, okay? okay? Elaborate for a second here. All right. I think we've forgotten what E3 2020 was like. Because E3 2020 was awful. E3 2020 was the one where there was no actual ESA E3, where it was completely, you know, no man's land, like no no law, like, like oh, an outlaw's it was, uh, land. The Summer of Gaming or yes. Summer Game Fest or whatever the fuck. The one where it was like, it was the entire summer IG yes. this. And it, it was like GameSpot a three that. month long, like yeah. each week there were different things. We got so burned out with it and stuff. It was like, we got so, there were so many different boring conferences and stuff. This year, like everybody was shitting on it. And it was not, you know, a phenomenal E3, but Microsoft had a great conference. Uh, Nintendo had a great conference. Uh, PlayStation didn't do theirs until later, but then they had a pretty decent showcase as well. I look at this year's E3 as better than last year, and I, I really do believe that. Like, even if this year, like, if you look okay. at, you know, the whole package, maybe it's a 7 or whatever. But that if this year is a 7, last year is at most a 6. That's the way I look at it. Um, But, you know... I will yeah. agree that it's a it's a personal opinion kind of thing. I will. I you know what? I completely forgot about that. So <laughs> on your wording that it is better, you're correct. It definitely is better. We sh but can can it's easy to be better than nothing. I'll put yeah. it to you that way because Summer Game Fest wasn't really E3. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, give us your final prediction, Lewis. All right. E3 won't happen because of digital showcases. It's possible that traditional conventions don't happen at all. All right. Half a point on that one. Okay. Here's the thing. The, the E3 did happen. You know, it was mm -hmm. technically labeled as E3 and whatever, all that kind of stuff. However, traditional conventions didn't happen at all last year. So, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, my final prediction, I said Sony will buy a new studio this year, but not a big purchase akin to Bethesda. It will be smaller Insomniac sized studio that they've worked with before. <laughs> Insomniac sized? <laughs> yeah. So didn't they buy Insomniac last year or was it was it in twenty twenty when they They bought Insomniac in twenty twenty. Twenty twenty one they bought Blue Point uh and a few other small like support studios and i can't remember the names no, right now they actually they bought uh blue point and the people that made uh returnal oh yes housemark housemark yeah. but there, there was actually more because they also bought like a pc studio that's now helping with their pc ports and um sony's expanding as well they're just they're not making you know the same obviously they don't have they can't make the same scale purchases that microsoft does um to me, this is, you know, either a full point or a half point. I don't know the sizes of the studios necessarily, but I think... Uh, I'll give you a full point on that one. I think uh, even if Housemark isn't the size of, of Insomniac, they have the cachet of, of an Insomniac, I would say. Well, maybe, nah, I'll say cachet, but definitely, you know, we know their names. Well, I'll give it, yeah. So now that we got to the end... You know, Lewis, we can we can quickly tally up the points, but the truth is, I think you probably had your worst prediction game ever, and I might have had my best. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I think the world is upside down right now because normally <laughs> I, like, I, I dunk on you the, during these things, but this is one of the, one of those times where like your little diatribe of you know, you Lewis, you only remember the times where, <laughs> where, where you like you win. And I know. Stuff like that. Yeah, I know. So just remember that. Yeah. yeah. So I got five point seventy five. 
points in total and you got 2.1. Um, all I have to say to that is the following. Fatality. <laughs> You're such an asshole. <laughs> um, but you know what? Like, since we just did this, why did you just give me like, you know, TLDR. What do you, what did you think of 2021 as a year for games? You know, looking at what our hopes were. And what we actually got. <laughs> you know, honestly, I feel like 2021 underwhelmed now that I think mm-hmm. about it. Like for me, like, you know, I haven't been playing as many games as I have, but I'm actually surprised that I did manage to play more Game of the Year nominees than I did in 2020, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even then, like, even with the games that I did play, like, I wasn't like, I wasn't like, like, uh, overwhelmed. Like I wasn't like, this wasn't, this didn't feel like 2013, this didn't feel like 2018, and I feel like if uh if you if if a game if a game a year in gaming doesn't feel like 2018 or 2017 or like or whatever then it it almost kind of feels like a failure right. which is kind of weird to say like it, like if you can't be the best of the best then you suck you know that's kind of yeah that's that's kind of sort of where my stance is on 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 yeah years in gaming no i get it i i, I feel like the last years have been, have all been good years you know there's great games coming out plenty of great games coming out and, and we both played uh, plenty of great games throughout the year i was actually you know i was starting started preparing for our game of the year episode a little bit already and i was like huh i actually played a lot of games that i stand by you know this this year um but at the same time you know i i agree that over the last two years and i, I think you know the pandemic has had a big influence on this that you know we started the year with a lot of expectation of it being a killer year and it just hasn't been that killer year, right? So I think that was the case, especially looking back on this and listening back to our episode from a year ago, you know, of how excited you were about, you know, Zelda's anniversary and Breath of the Wild 2 and like all this cool new shit that could happen. And then the fact that we didn't really get much of that um, is is just kind of a reminder of like, oh yeah, like a lot of the things that we expected to get in 2022, we or in 2021, we didn't. They got pushed to 2022. Now, this year has shaped up to be one of the greatest years in games, right? Because we got God of War Ragnarok is slated to come out this year. We got uh, Hogwarts Legacy and Horizon Forbidden West and Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad and Breath of the Wild 2 and all these things, right? But who knows? (laughs) Once again, we could be looking at a situation where we're all hopeful about this stuff and then half of them get delayed or some of them come out and are not that good or whatever. You know what I mean? So... It's, and then don't forget it, Starfield. <laughs> yeah, it's just a reminder you got to keep your Elden Ring too, right? You yeah. got to keep your expectations in check. Um, cool, cool, cool. Um, so I have some few other stories here. I know that we've been in the you know doing the podcast for a while, but you know it's okay, it's okay. It's uh, we're gonna we're gonna bring it home. <laughs> um, we got some uh, NPD results for December, and we always like to cover those here in the podcast. Uh, Call of Duty Vanguard was the best-selling title of the year, while the Nintendo Switch remains the top console. Um, I'm not sure if this is included in this article here, but it seems like the Xbox might have done better than the PlayStation this month. Uh, Perhaps not from the NPD, but there was another article that I found that said, despite having its second best ever month in the UK, PS5 sales were behind Switch and Xbox in December. So I know that in the UK charts that also came out, uh, that the Switch was the best-selling console, Xbox was second, and PlayStation was third, which is surprising, you know, because Xbox uh, is usually behind PlayStation on the UK. I thought that I saw something similar mirrored on the NPD, but I'm not finding it in the article right now, so I might be wrong about that. 
nonetheless, the list of games goes like this. Number one, Call of Duty Vanguard, then Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, then Madden NFL 22, then Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, then Battlefield 2042, then Spider-Man Miles Morales, Mario Kart 8, Resident Evil Village, MLB The Show 21, and Super Mario 3D World rounding out the top 10, followed by Far Cry 6, FIFA 22, Minecraft, Animal Crossing New Horizons, NBA 2K22, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Back for Blood, Mortal Kombat 11, and Forza Horizon 5. Anything you want to comment on, Lewis? Uh, no, nothing Nothing really here is tickling my fancy, but I will just say that it's interesting that two Call of Duty games are like number one and number two. Like, Black, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War was last year's Call of Duty, and it, beca- it became yes. number two, so that's interesting. It, it's, it's a good reminder of why Activision Blizzard is still worth as much as, <laughs> as Microsoft paid for them, right? Like, Call of Duty is still a huge franchise. Even a Call of Duty... That undersells what previous Call of Duty sold is the best-selling game of the year, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's it just kind of uh, reminds us of that. Um, and, you know, we, we see a lot of these games on these lists now that they just kind of stay. I know if we've said that with Nintendo games for a while, or like Mario Kart 8 will just stay in the list forever and stuff like that, but... Resident Evil Village has been strong in the in the list every month this year, and Miles Morales also been strong in the list every month this year. You know, I'm not. I'm. It's actually kind of interesting. Is like I'm not seeing like uh, GTA Five and uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. Like Minecraft. Expect- yeah, Minecraft yeah, is yeah. there at number thirteen, but like in the oh, top okay. twenty, like I'm not seeing those other two games. And I was expecting like maybe like stuff like uh, Skyrim or something to be like ever like permanent and it's not there yeah. so it's really interesting i guess they have to give way to other semi-permanent games and stuff so yeah good catch good catch uh and our final story here before we hit the extra news is e3 digital event reportedly a mess and probably canceled reported by kyle knight for dual shockers um this is quite kind of short so i'll read it here the ESA recently revealed that E3 2022 would be not taking place in a physical setting for the third year in a row, but now it's looking like the digital event is probably canceled too. Um, E3's physical event cancellation comes due to the COVID-19 pandemic still having a strong impact on society, with the world gradually embracing the digital era more and more because of the deadly virus. However, with so many publishers and developers opting to host their own digital showcases, the need for E3 has become questionable in recent years. Now, it seems that there may not be an E3 event at all for 2022, as an insider claims that it is a mess and probably canceled. The news come from reliable insider Jeff Grubb, who recently uploaded a short video to his YouTube account discussing the E3 cancellation. As reiterated by Grubb in his video, the physical E3 event has already been canceled by the ESA. However, he goes on to state that digitally probably also canceled. So not a lot of details here. They're really just getting this video and, you know, trying to dissect it and, and, um, you know, talk more about it. Um, do you think we're actually going to have an E3 this year? Gut check, Lewis. How are you feeling about it? See, I think there is going to be an E3 of sorts. Cause I think that from like, now that you remind me of what uh, summer game fest was like, I think that the games industry wants to centralize over a week. You know, I don't think they want to do this thing where like the entire summer is going to be filled with news. Like I, I think, I think there is a need for like, for a hype train. And for mm-hmm. everyone to gather around one one event, so I think the power of the ESA has waned, and I don't think, and I believe, I believe the whole like rumor of like you know things like everyone's running around with their like chickens with their heads cut off, you know, I one hundred percent believe that rumor. So 
I don't think that the ESA is going to be able to pull it off as far as an E3, but I think E3 will happen without the ESA as the games industry will naturally pick a week and do it. Okay. Um, I don't have strong feelings about it. Either way, we'll have to watch and see. I do hope that we get to see a more consolidated E3 as opposed to what we saw in 2020. I'm still hoping for that. I would rather us get, you know, 2021 part two, but perhaps with the companies having learned a little bit more, doing slightly better showcases, especially the third parties. You know, cunning, some third parties should learn that they just don't need to do uh, press conferences, you know, looking at you, Gearbox. Um, so, but I'm still hoping that, you know, we get something that's a little bit more streamlined, like last year, towards, you know, throughout a shorter period of time. We shall see. Now going on to our extra news here. Number one, God of War is Sony's biggest, highest rated Steam launch, overtaking Horizon Zero Dawn and Days Gone in every way. Number two, Sony Santa Monica creative director Corey Barlock has revealed it was Sony's own internal studios that pushed to get PlayStation games on PC. Number three, Sony is staking new registrations for the chance to buy a PS5 console directly from the company. Number four, gaming YouTubers such as Alana Pierce, Jim Sterling, and Cadicarus have had their likeness stolen and sold as NFTs. Number five, PlayStation 3 games have started appearing on the PlayStation 5 store amidst suggestion that Sony could unveil further backwards compatibility support for the console. Number six, The Last of Us Left Behind's character Riley will be in HBO's upcoming TV show played by Storm Reid, an actor known from Euphoria and A Wrinkle in Time. Number seven, a new leak reiterates that Persona 4 Golden is coming to Switch and PS4 this year and claims that Persona 6 will be a PS5 exclusive. Number eight, PUBG nearly doubles concurrent player count on Steam following move to free to play. Number nine, Disney and Tencent have announced Avatar Reckoning, a new mobile MMO set on Pandora coming later this year. Number 10, Dying Light 2's cloud version for Nintendo Switch has been delayed, now coming within six months of the game's release on its native platforms on February 4th. Number 11, it's a check this out. Uh, There's a new Cuphead uh, trailer. There's a a new trailer for the Cuphead Netflix cartoon. Uh, You can go and check that out on YouTube. I watched it. It's... It's pretty cool, pretty neat, so definitely go check that out. And here's a roundup, a bunch of release dates. Life is Strange Remastered Collection is coming to Xbox, PC, and PlayStation on February 1st, but the Switch version was delayed. Kingdom Hearts Cloud versions for Switch will release on February 10th. Ubisoft will bring back classic RTS The Settlers coming to PC on March 17th. And the LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga is coming to every console on April 5th. Lewis, anything you want to comment on? You know, honestly, none of these extra news are doing it for me. So, like, I don't really <laughs> want to comment on anything because they all kind of sort of, not say bore me, but something along those lines. But yeah, I, I lots will... of release dates, lots of delays, and yeah, like the NFT situation. Like I said, like it just sucks that someone's likeness is just being stolen like that, and just yeah, like the whole purpose of NFTs is that like the owner of the media would be able to profit because they're you know, but anybody can make an NFT out of anything, and so. Um, I think with the Alana Pierce situation, it was like they put her like on a magazine, like a like a Playboy esque magazine cover shoot or whatever that she didn't pose for. But yeah, I think I saw that image and I didn't realize that that was related to the story. Actually, I was just confused by it. I know that people do that with people online all the time, where they'll take their faces and put it on other things. And she had talked about that before, how that she's seen things like that be done to her. It's it's just shitty. Why would you do that? Um. 
I think the interesting story here, perhaps, is just the situation with PlayStation games coming to PC. You know, we, uh, we've we seen plenty of them. We're probably going to continue to see them. And it's something that the developers are pushing for uh, and that are yielding good results. You know, God of War is a big hit on, on Steam. So we're probably going to continue to see that. Um, you know, for the, for the fanboys that are upset about that, I'm sorry. It is what it is. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, Lewis, let's move on to our next segment here. <laughs> so this is... I approve. <laughs> I'm glad you do. This is our Out This Week segment. We're bringing together Broke Gamers Guide and new releases. We're going to do one segment with just whatever's relevant that is out this week or happening this week. Uh, to start free game on the epic game store go and grab it it's called relicta right now uh and it's free until january 27th the week after that from january 27th to february 3rd demon demon x machina i think is how you would say it uh that was previously what like a wii u exclusive that, game? that was that was a nintendo switch exclu- exclusive and i okay. didn't even know demon i didn't even know demon x machina came to the pc to tell you the truth maybe it's coming day one because i didn't know about that either uh, but this game Relicta here, it is a first-person physics-based puzzle game where you need to creatively combine magnetism and gravity to unravel the secrets of Chandra Bays. This actually looks kind of interesting. It almost looks like kind of like a like a portal kind of game, but it has a lot more color, a lot more environments. Um, reminds me, you know, you used to see in, in, when I was in game dev school and, and you're in final project and stuff you used to see these kinds of games with these types of mechanics all the time um so cool interesting you might want to go check yeah, that out um first person physics games uh i've i've i rock with those before i actually kind of like portal so yeah all right um now we're also gonna hit up you know some new announcements of games that are coming to game pass uh soon and there's quite the interesting additions coming here so available right now you can go and get Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc Anniversary Edition on cloud, console, and PC. As well as Nobody Saves the World, also available on cloud, console, and PC. Um, this was already available as well by the time you're listening to this. Death's Door, cloud, console, and PC. I bought this game not too long ago, and now it's just on Game Pass. Uh, Hitman Trilogy, also coming to cloud, console, and PC, which I think we might have covered last week. Uh, Paparazzi, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Extraction. We're hitting now a bunch of the ones that we talked about before. Um, so, you know, but, you know, the big new addition that the, the surprises are mostly Danganronpa and Death's Door. So you can also get those on your, with your the game. The game that I never bought on the Vita before the Vita yes. closed its digital stores. The game I did buy on the Vita and didn't play. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the the Vita digital store hasn't closed yet. They just took it off of the Vita store. That's what they did. Yes, yeah. I believe so. Um, the PS5 controller callers that we talked about a while ago, they're now available to purchase. Uh, this is a bit of old news. I think it's been a little bit that they've been available, but you can go and check those out if you'd like. So, you know, we got the Cosmic Red and Starlight Blue and Nova Pink and Galactic Purple. Louis, are you going to be buying any of those new DualSense colors? You know, honestly, the one that really, like, I, the one that I was gravitated towards when we first, uh, when the first announcement happened is the purple one. I'm looking at it on this this website and god damn it's sexy. 
I don't understand why they're all like $5 more expensive than the regular black or white controllers. I mean, I guess. Because they're, they're charging for swag, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> um, we got a bit of a little story here. Almost a year and a half since its removal from the App Store, Fortnite is now returning to iOS, albeit not in the same form. NVIDIA has announced that from next week, Fortnite will be available in a closed beta on its GeForce Now service, which is playable on the Safari browser. So you're going to be able to... I wonder, I wonder if they're going to, like, uh, if they're going to figure out a way to... Uh, like, Apple's going to go out of their way to figure out how to block that shit. <laughs> but yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. I don't think they can. Um, and now, on to our new releases. On January 20th, which is the day of recording, Banjo-Kazooie has just hit the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack. Then, on January 21st, they were posting Baby Storm is coming to the Switch. Mousecraft is coming to the Xbox One. January 25th, next week, we got El Hio, A Wild West Tale, coming to iOS and Android. And The Artful Escape, which I played on Xbox, is coming to PS4 and PS5. And that same day, Final Fantasy XIV will be available by again, more than a month after it was pulled from sales. And then Circuit Superstars comes to PS4 on January 27th. So January remains a slow month, Louis. Do you have a pick of the week? Um, I was going to go with the, the skip of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not no. do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I know you're not a fan of that. Uh, but no, I mean, honestly, everyone's talking about, like, my YouTube feed has been all about Banjo-Kazooie. So uh, I think that would be one of those. Uh, I've seen even like uh, somebody re-reviewed it as like as a retrospective review. Like, does it still hold up, kind of thing. So, yeah, honestly, uh, Banjo Kazooie probably probably for the win on this one. All right, I'm okay with that. Or I'm gonna give a shout out to the Epic Store game again, Relicta. Maybe that's the pick of the week. <laughs> uh, oh, and obviously the Artful Escape, uh, which I played on Xbox. If you don't have an Xbox, you might want to go check that out on PlayStation 4 and 5 as well. Now, Lewis, it's time to intro a new segment. And this segment I am now calling the Ready Press Play list of best games of all time. Let me give you, you know, I, I usually surprise Lewis with these things, by the way. I, I tend to do things and not tell him, and then we talk about it after, and I say, like, you know, next time I'll tell you beforehand, and then I don't, because I forget. But regardless, uh, I thought it would be cool, you know, we've done Sharing the Love before, and we've done that a lot, to the point where we're almost kind of out of story. So since we don't do Sharing the Love as often anymore, every week I want us to build together a list of games. Because lists are fun. You know, we've done episodes where we built lists based on decades before and etc. Uh, and I just want us to build, you know, alternating. We're going to build a big list of games. God knows how long this is going to get. Maybe it's like going to be like a top 100, maybe like a top 50. I don't know. We'll see until we're done with the podcast, really. Uh, with games that we stand by and that we think everybody should play. Here's I don't have... Thing. Go ahead. Here's the, here's the thing. We've already been sort of making this list as we as throughout the podcast run. We've had like the Ready Press Play officially like branded like we've been sharing we've been sharing the love. We've always kind of sort of like sort of like make that as like a like a side point of like you should play this game kind of thing, you know. So sure. it's like my, my whenever I first saw this on the dock, I was thinking to myself, well, like you know, I'm gonna want to put Street Fighter. You know, I'm gonna want to put Smash yes. or like The Last of yes. Us. We've already talked about it during the podcast series run already, so I don't want to repeat myself. You True. know what I mean? 
but we can find other things and then maybe you can eventually repeat yourself by the time where you know that maybe you talked about that game a hundred episodes ago at this point you know what i mean so (laughs) i think it's okay and the other thing too is that the thing about sharing the love is that sometimes we're sharing the love for games that we do not necessarily think are some of the best games of all time do you know what i'm saying so yes. there may be a game that is that you recognize is not that great, but you have an interesting story about it, or you have a connection to it from your childhood or whatever, and we share the love for it. Um, I kind of see this more of like a game that you played and that, you know, obviously you do have a connection with, you do like, love, etc. But that you also stand by it as a game that is one of the greatest games of all time. And, and here's the other thing I want to add here. I want us to stick to games that are, um, in quotes, still playable today. What I mean by that okay. is like games that to an extent hold up. That doesn't mean like, you know, the game needs to be super modern or anything, but it's like, hey, if anybody played this game for the first time today that you really believe they could still really enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yes, I get it. And so like something that's good for its day, but then like like GoldenEye for the Nintendo 64 wouldn't be on this list. Yes. But like Ocarina of Time would. Yes. Yeah. 100%. All right, cool. So with the rule set out of the way, I'm going to tell you that the first game I am adding to this list is Super Mario Galaxy, released for the Wii in 2007. This is just a fantastic game. I feel like it reinvented uh, the 3D Mario formula. It introduced so many new mechanics. The way that you go through these planets and get pulled by their gravity, and that you can use that gravity basically is the biggest game mechanic in the game that the entire game is built around. Uh, it had so many power-ups. There was so much. Uh, th- there was even like some fun like replayability with like finding more secrets in the levels, and then you know you, like you beat the game, get the 120 stars, and you can do everything again as Luigi, and then unlock you know like a secret ending and like an extra level and all of that stuff. This game just had so many fun surprises. It was just so. And I just realized that you never finished this game, so I'm almost kind of like spoiling it for you potentially. Uh, and that's fine. It's a it's a 15 year old game. Yeah, I shouldn't I shouldn't have to worry about that. This is still very playable to this day. If you don't have a Wii to play it on the Wii, you can play it on the Switch with the Mario 3D All Star Collection, and it works pretty well on that collection as well. And it's just one of my favorite games of all time. It's a game that I believe needs to be in this list. And the final thought I need to put here because I don't want us to necessarily go too long on on this segment when we do it. Um, but the soundtrack for this game, I think is one of the best soundtracks of all time when it comes to orchestrated, you know, like modern, uh, music in, in, in games, because when we think about, you know, iconic soundtracks, we often think of like the chiptune, you know, like the, the kind of older stuff and, and that's all great. Uh, but I also think that the you know, the the Super Mario Galaxy theme and, and themes really is also very iconic. I used to listen to that on my phone all the time. I don't do that with a lot of game soundtracks. So I also stand by that. It's overall a masterpiece. Uh, and I, I, I couldn't think of a better game to start off our list. Yeah, fair enough. I agree. I played I played some of it. So I know I know what you're talking about. And yes, mm-hmm. that that soundtrack is a one. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So with that, and, and, and that's cool. It's not supposed to be, you know, like a, like a big sharing the love thing. That's the other thing, too. Uh, it's really just we're building this list together. So I look forward for you to have a selection next week, Lewis. Lewis. 
Lewis, I want us to do something a little different to end the show now that we didn't do before, is that I want us to leave the show with a recommendation to the audience. Uh, and I think uh, the Double XP podcast, at Level One Gaming, does this as well, don't they? Yes, I think they do I recommendations. Uh, they do a bunch of recommendations. I want us to have, you know, just one is fine. We can do more if we really want to, but I think one is good. Uh, and these don't need to be gaming related. They could be gaming related, but they can also be any other form of media that we think our audience should go and, you know, watch or play or listen to or whatever. And the recommendation I have is the this movie called Don't Look Up, which is on Netflix right now. Have you watched this movie yet, Louis? Yes, I watched it on Christmas uh, Day with my family. What do you which think? Which is an interesting, uh, interesting Christmas movie, but... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the movie was all, was was batshit crazy. Like honestly, to tell you the truth, like no spoilers. No, I'm not gonna spoil anything. But uh, with I was actually just gonna say that the movie is a comedy, but it's scary because it's almost plausible. Yeah. No, I I like that movie so much. So there's there's an all star cast in this movie, right? Meryl, Meryl Streep, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jonah Hill, Jennifer Lawrence. You can keep going. It's just phenomenal talent all over this movie. Comes across like a complete Oscar bait. It was it was directed by I think the same director uh, of a Big Short, which is another yes. movie I really like. That has a similar style. It's like you know comedy but based on reality. This one is not like telling like a real story, but interestingly enough, like you said, it is plausible. And it's one of those things where you know this this movie is about people figuring out that the world is gonna end and then what happens after that. And it's not what you would expect at first. But once you see it, it's like, dang, that actually fucking makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost this interesting, you know, something that people used to say about idiocracy, right? Where it's like, yeah, um, I forgot what was the sentence that everybody said, where it was like satire. Yeah, uh. yeah, there we go. That's that you can just put it that way. It's like, and, it, and, it, and it's so interesting that had I watched that movie five years ago, right? I would have thought, I would probably have thought, you know, that was that was fun and stuff. But it, that was dumb. It would never, you know, we would never react that way. But now that I've seen the way that the world has reacted to the COVID pandemic, I actually think that, yes, we kind of would. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that's what's scary. Yeah. yeah and that's what, what's scary about it. Um, so I very much liked it. And I recommend everybody go and watch it if you have a Netflix subscription. You know, honestly, I don't have anything that good. Like, uh, without like any context of what the recommendations were, like I was just thinking to myself, like what's uh, what I'm like currently playing right now. So I was just gonna That's go cool. with that. Um, now here's the thing: I have a bit of like a um uh, a recommendation that's a bit like niche slash very like unknown. Mm -hmm. uh, like I've never even heard about it, and like I'm you know I'm big into fighting games, but I usually tend to have like my 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 ear to the ground. This one just completely got me off caught me off guard. Okay. Um. It's a video game called um, Lethal League Blaze. Okay. And it is a fighting game that came out in 2017 or 2018. And I want to give a shout out to uh, to Baron from Level One Gaming. Um, on Christmas, he he DM'd me on Discord uh, a Steam code, and I didn't even know what it was. He was like, "Hey, what's this?" He's like, "Oh, Merry Christmas!" And I'm like. <laughs> And I kind of I completely forgot to redeem it until this week, so it's been like almost a month since Christmas, right? And I'm uh -huh. just now opening that Christmas present. So I had no idea what the code was. I just knew I had a Steam code, and I he didn't tell me what it was for. And so I put the code in, and there it was, like Lethal League Blaze. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And so I downloaded the game, and it's a fighting game, 
and it's a fighting game that no one's ever heard of before, or like very few people have heard of. And it's got like a little esports scene going on. It's very unique. And you know how in fighting games, you, you like punch each other, you know, you, you, you're actually like making contact with your opponent. Uh-huh. But in this game, it's essentially dodgeball, where the only way you can interact with your opponent is by throwing a ball at them. Mm, interesting. And so like there's like a rock, paper, scissors mechanic where you can like uh, catch the ball you can, or throw, throw the ball, punch the ball bunt the ball and stuff like that and different things interact with each other in different ways and it's an interesting like little fighting game where like uh there's like a dedicated like scene for it and i'm pretty sure that scene kind of died with COVID when COVID happened but apparently there were some some majors that happened in 2019 you know before COVID happened and i saw like a little documentary about it i'm like damn this this shit is crazy and uh so without being able to like explain it further than that it's just basically a, a fighting game it's called lethal league blaze and yeah you have a you have a ball and you're throwing it at each other it it looks cool it has this uh it has this art style that is is just very like neon colors almost like sort of comic booky a little bit like um it, it very much stands stands out in in the in the visual department in a, in my opinion um yes. i think i think there's like a proper name for this for this style but um makes me think of like almost like skateboard culture right like they, they literally have these, some of these characters riding on it's on got like this uh jet set radio kind of yes to it. there we go that's that's a pretty good comparison well you know you never know I, I i know i have a i have a big friend who listens to this show that that is really likes uh fighting games so so maybe he's gonna want to check check it out maybe somebody else wants to check it out so uh that's lewis's recommendation of the week lethal league blaze on um pc i guess right yeah I, I just saw it on I, as far steam. as i know as far as i know it seems to only be on steam or pc or whatever like i don't know if there's mm-hmm. a console counterpart that's just where i got it and go go watch don't look up on netflix all right it is time to end thank you so much for joining us for another episode of ready press play don't forget to subscribe give us a nice review and tell your friends about the show you can find the podcast at ready press play on twitter and I'm on Twitter at, and here's the thing, Lewis, I've changed. I've changed my Twitter handle and my Instagram handle. I am, I am trying to consolidate. So I try to find a new, unique kind of nickname that seems to be available everywhere. And now as I say that, I got to go and make sure I get it everywhere because somebody might listen and try to snatch it from me. But I'm at Power up Dan now. I went through the trouble. If you go to at the Dan Lima, it was still going to link to my new profile. But I'm at Power Up Dan now everywhere. And Lewis. I'm at Chakalaka88. That's right. It's always been Chakalaka88. Will always it always be. will be. <laughs> as, as it always been, as it always will. That's right. All right, everybody. See you next time. Peace. Bye-bye.